Would you please stand with me if you're able to tonight? And uh, this is a night that, you know, we always say this is the day the Lord hath made. This is the night the Lord hath made. And I would thank you and please be seated. You can be seated now. I just wanted to make sure you're awake and you're alive tonight as, as we get into the Word of God. And uh, God is so good to us. He's brought us here tonight. You know, I hear a lot about the good old days. You ever heard, heard that? Maybe you said that before. All the good old days. Well, I got news for you. These are the good old days. You say, well, it's, it's really bad. You know, things, things are, really, are, are really going bad. I mean, it really looks bad through the world. This is the good old days. You know why? Because we're here. We're here and we're alive and we're able to represent our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Tonight in Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 1, it says, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. That means that people of God make mistakes as well as those people who are not saved. So tonight, as I speak to you, some people may find this a little irritating, some of the things that I say tonight, but I pray not. I pray that you would listen and that you would uh, let the Lord speak to your heart tonight. And I'm glad to see each one here tonight. I'd like to speak to you for the next few minutes about Mystery Babylon the Great. We're going to look in Revelation chapter 17, and that's where we read about Mystery Babylon the Great. And of course, we'll be looking at some other scriptures as well. Revelation chapter 17 and verse 1 says, And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show thee unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Now, just before we get into this, let's bow for prayer. Father, I thank you tonight for the privilege of being able to open your book. I thank you for the privilege, Lord, of being able to speak. I thank you for the privilege of knowing that I am on my way to heaven because of Jesus Christ, my Savior. And I pray tonight, Lord, for those who are here and those who are listening, I pray that they too would know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior tonight, Lord. May each one call upon your name who does not know you as Savior right now. Call upon your name for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you tonight for this privilege. In Jesus' name, amen. A place called Babylon. There is actually a place called Babylon. You've probably heard about this. And that place does not exist anymore. Well, it exists in ruins as uh, the people go in there and they take their little trials and things and they brush off things. They, they've seen some walls and things like this, but it is no more. In Isaiah chapter 13, verses 19 through 22, it says, And Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldees, excellency, shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. It shall never be inhabited, neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation. Neither shall the Arabian pitch tent there, neither shall the shepherds make their fold there, but wild beasts of the desert shall lie there, and their houses shall be full of doleful creatures, and owls shall dwell there, and satyrs shall dance there, and the wild beasts of the islands shall cry in their desolate houses, and dragons in their pleasant palaces, and her time is near to come and her days shall not be prolonged. This was a prophecy of what was going to happen to Babylon, a wicked place. 
a place where they tried to make a place and make a tower going to heaven. I'll read about that in just a moment. But this was a warning to these people that they needed to get things right. And tonight, I fear that America is in this position tonight. That America is being warned daily about things that's happening right now in our country and in our world. And you and I, as the saved people of this world, we need to have things right with God so we can tell other individuals, Thus saith the Lord, get into the scriptures and cry aloud and spare not. I do not believe during the tribulation, that's when we read of mystery Babylon the Great, I do not believe during the tribulation that the city of Babylon will be resurrected as some believe. Some believe that. The Bible is, I, uh, I believe, is plain in Isaiah chapter 13 and verse 20 that I just read. It shall never be inhabited, neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation, neither shall the Arabian pitch tent there, neither shall the shepherds make their folds there. Well, who was the founder of the place called Babel, Babylon? Nimrod was the founder of Babel. Genesis 10, chapter 8, chapter 10, verses 8 through 10. Now, this is history, folks. You and I, as the children of God, need to read history. We need to read the church history. We need to understand what has happened in the past so we know what we're facing now. Genesis chapter 10, verses 8 through 10. And Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one of the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord, and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and Eric, and Akkad, and Kaunay, in the land of Shinar. Now Cush was the oldest son of Ham, and a grandson of Noah. He was the brother of Mizram, Put, and Canaan. Cush was the father of Nimrod, a king called the first heroic warrior on the earth. Nimrod was the great grandson of Noah, and Nimrod was an ungodly person. Now that's hard to understand for me, because Noah was a man who listened to God. He listened, and by him listening, eight people were saved. They listened to the Lord, and all of those other people who do not listen, they were lost, and I believe they're in hell tonight. Babel was a place of man-made religion. Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9 says, And the whole earth, now, this is going to be something that you may, and you need to understand. I'm going to read a lot of scripture tonight. If I can't back up what I'm saying with the scripture, then you need to leave right now. But don't leave, because I'm going to give you the scripture. Genesis 11, 1 through 9, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech, and folks, that's happening today, whether you realize it or not. Everything is pointing to the fact that things are being drawn together, drawing the world together tonight, and it's not for the best. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east, and they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. We're seeing here man-made religion, worship. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. This is men's religion. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one and they have all one language, and this they began to do, 
and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth and from thence it did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. These people that we read about here in Babel, if you'll go back and you study what God gave to man in the beginning, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Go forth and spread the word, spread the word about me, God was telling man. Now these people, they did not do that. They were not spreading the word. And folks, sometimes we wonder why our churches are in the condition they're in today. I believe it's because the word is not getting spread. We need to get the word out and let people know that thus saith the Lord Jesus Christ, call upon me and receive me as your Lord and Savior, and I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Mystery, Babylon, the great. In chapter 17 of Revelation, we're given a picture of the religious system of the end time called Mystery Babylon the Great. Revelation, turn with me if you would. Revelation chapter 17. Revelation chapter 17, verses 1 through 5. And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials. I've read this. I'm going to read it again. And talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. This is Mystery Babylon the Great with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations, and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. The great harlot, as we read here, sits upon many waters. This means that she had great influence over the whole known world at that time. That time is yet to come. The great whore of Revelation chapter 17 was beyond rich and stuffed with the repulsive, nauseating filthiness of fornication. And this word fornication is pornea. Fornication in Revelation chapter 17 and verse 4 that I've read is spiritual deceitfulness, leading people astray. And by the way, the word pornography comes from the Greek word pornea, filthiness. From Mystery Babylon comes all the things of darkness, false religion, pagan worship, rebellion, self-exaltation, creation, worship. I said today in our Sunday school class that people do not know where they came from. They don't know what they're doing here, and they don't know where they're going. And that's another reason the church needs to get busy and let people know where they came from, what they're doing here, and where they can go one day by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Well, why should you and I be concerned as the people of God? After all, we're going to be gone when the tribulation starts. 
we won't be here. But why should we be concerned? Why should we be concerned today? Well, the Bible tells us why. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1 says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. 2 Timothy 3.1, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. We're in perilous times, aren't we? 2 Timothy 3.7, Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2, And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Well, 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2 says, Follow their pernicious ways. Well, whose pernicious ways? Or in other words, the malicious ways. Well, 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1 has the answer to, to verse 2. It says, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destructions. Destruction. We have seen the Christian world taking a sharp turn to the left. Save people should be at least hesitant to jump on board and follow the crowd of spiritual adulterers. Don't you think that you and I right now should be taking a stand against the godliness of the churches that call themselves worshipers of God, the true God, when in reality they are worshipers of the flesh? Don't you think that we should stand up and let people know this? It's sad that many saved people have gotten on board with the devil's crowd. Many Christians are afraid to take a stand against the homosexual crowd because they do not want to hurt anyone's feelings. Oftentimes, sin is condoned when a saved person does not want to offend a family member when that family member is living like the devil. And many times, a saved person will Mollycoddle, if I could use that word. Mollycoddle, a person who pretends to be a male when in reality that person is a female, no, many, how, no matter how many operations that person has had. Or a blind eye is turned when a male pretends to be a female. While in reality he is a male, no matter how many operations he has had. Right. Now, something about this that we need to realize tonight that there are so-called biblical churches who are condoning this in the pulpits tonight and in their organizations. And I believe they need to be called out by name. I will not name every one of them because there's so many of them tonight that have turned away from the Word of God. Churches, denominations supporting homosexuals, Episcopal Church, United States, the United States, Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America and Evangelical Lutheran Church in Canada, Presbyterian Church USA, Reformed Catholic Church USA International, United Church of Canada, United Church of Christ. You don't believe the United Church of Christ is like that? Well, go to New York or one of the church. I don't know if it's around here. Go to there and you'll see the uh, drag queens walking the aisle and putting on pre presentations for the people. And that may shock you but you need to open your eyes 
and understand that it's happening right now in these churches. Well, when you and I are soft on sin and refuse to stand up against sin of the flesh, then is it any wonder tonight, is it any wonder that the devil will have a heyday when Mystery Babylon continues into the tribulation? Well, you say, you said it's going to be in the tribulation. Why do I say it continues? Because I say a mystery Babylon continues because mystery Babylon is here today with many members already. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 3 through 4, it says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. People would rather have their ears tickled tonight, dancing around in, in the hallways of a so-called church of God, dancing around on a stage that used to be called a pulpit, getting away from the pulpit, the, the rostrum that people preached from, getting away from all of that and turning it into a nightclub. We who name the name of Christ are guilty of not enduring sound doctrine tonight. That may shock you. We are not enduring because we are afraid to hurt someone's feelings. The Church of Christ said the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Christ said that, that his church, and it has become unrecognizable tonight as Christ's church in many congregations. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Christ said, And I, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, not Peter, but upon himself, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. When we turn our ears from the truth and refuse to listen to the truth and refuse to stand up for the truth, then we are guilty of being partakers of sin, condoning what God says is death. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 28 says, In the way of righteousness is life. And in the pathway thereof, there is no death. Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Notice this. Christ said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Well, the devil has been building his church since the Garden of Eden. And it's time that we stood and said it is wrong that we're going to take a stand against the devil's church tonight. Mystery Babylon revealed, listen carefully, Revelation chapter 17 and verse 5, I read this, and upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Verse 15 goes on to say in Revelation 17, And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues, multitudes, millions of people falling for this. The 17th chapter of Revelation presents ecclesiastical Babylon as a woman, a whore, a mother. As a mother, she will have church offsprings. You may say it's bad English to add an S to the end of offspring. Well, I know it is. It's also bad for us to recognize ungodly organizations who are false representatives of God. Amen. The devil's church is in the world today, and his church as we know it today will become more and more prevalent until the middle of the tribulation. 
the devil's church has produced offspring today. It takes two to have offspring. And I submit to you that the devil has many ungodly human mates, and together they have produced ungodly man and devil worship centers. Well, mystery Babylon in the world today. The Church of Christ cult does not serve the Christ I serve. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, LDS Saints, they call themselves Saints, cult does not serve the Jesus I serve, the Mormons. You say, how can you say something like that? Let me read something to you. According to the official Mormon teaching, now many of us, many people are afraid to call these people out, but we need to understand what they stand for. According to official Mormon teaching, Jesus Christ is the first spirit child, conceived and begotten by Heavenly Father and one of Heavenly Father's many wives, commonly referred to as Heavenly Mother. Just as Heavenly Father before him progressed to Godhood, so Jesus progressed through obedience to the status of a God prior to his incarnation on earth. In the words of the late Mormon apostle and general authority, Bruce McConkie, Jesus Christ, by obedience and devotion to the truth, attained that pinnacle of intelligence which ranked him as a God. According to LDS authorities, Jesus is not to be worshiped or prayed to as one would worship or pray to Heavenly Father. Mormons also teach that Heavenly Father subsequently had many more spirit children. Mormons believe that even Satan, listen carefully, Mormons believe that even Satan, this is Lucifer, in a, is a spirit brother of Jesus. While LDS spokespersons of fusicate, they try to hide it. This fundamental of Mormon teaching, apostles of the Mormon church and current official LDS publications affirm it. Now you remember the newsman, Chris Wallace maybe. He used to be on Fox and he failed on something else. Well, there was a time when he did an interview. He interviewed a preacher, a pastor, a pastor of the largest, uh, so-called largest church in the United States at one time. Maybe it still is, I don't know. But this Chris Wallace questioned this preacher, and he said, what about Mitt Romney? Now, Mitt Romney is a Mormon. What about Mitt Romney? And he goes on to say, is a Mormon a true Christian? This preacher says this, well, in my mind, they are. Mitt Romney has said that he believes in Christ as his Savior, and that's what I believe. So, you know, I'm not the one to judge the little details of it, so I believe they are. Joel Osteen had that to say. Now, folks, we need to wake up, and we need to let other people know what's going on in the so-called Christian world of these apostates. I call them apostates. I do not worship B uh, Buddha. He's dead. I do not worship Muhammad. He's dead. Jehovah's Witness cult should be called the Lucifer Witnesses. The Church of Christ, and I've mentioned this before, does not worship the Christ of the Bible. And what about the Seventh-day Adventists? Are they the ones that run the hospitals around here? Okay. What about those folks? Oh, they're good people. They have a good heart. They, they help people. How many people are they sending to hell? What about the Seventh-day Adventists? They used to be date setters concerning the second coming or the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ until he didn't come when they said he would come, so they stopped doing that. Well, 
they stop predicting and they say that keeping the Ten Commandments is necessary to go to heaven. And did you know tonight as you sit here worshiping the Lord that you have the mark of the beast upon you? That's what the Seventh-day Adventists say about you tonight because you're in this building. You have the mark of the beast. I didn't say it. They said it, and they say it. Well, many people, when they look at Mystery Babylon, the great, I've heard this so many times throughout my life, they believe that the Roman Catholic Church is Mystery Babylon the Great. Well, is Mystery Babylon the Great? Is the Catholic Church, is that true? Is that right? Well, first of all, I do not pray to my Heavenly Father through Mary. She was sinful. She was a sinner. I pray to my Heavenly Father through Jesus. He was sinless. Now, there's another fellow, very prominent in the country. I don't get upset with me now. He is a Southern Baptist. He is one of the largest denominational speakers in the world with many thousands of followers. What does Rick Warren think about Catholics? In April 2014, Warren gave an exclusive interview with Catholic TV channel EWTN in which he gave effusive, I guess that's the way you say that word, praise to the Catholic Church and the popes and called for unity with Rome. He called Pope Francis our pope and said, for authenticity, humility, Pope Francis is the perfect example. He is doing everything right. Is the Roman Catholic Church a religious cult? Well, let me, let me read to you what they say themselves. This is taken from the Second Vatican Council, Vatican II documents, dogmatic constitution on the church, it says. Listen carefully. The Immaculate Virgin, preserved free from all stain of original sin, was taken up body and soul into heavenly glory. When her earthly life was over and exalted by the Lord as queen over all things that she might be the more fully conformed to her son, the Lord of Lords and conquer, conqueror of sin and death. Did you catch that? She's the conqueror of sin and death according to what I've just read. Saint Irenaeus says, she being obedient became the cause of salvation for herself and for the whole human race. Hence, not a few of the earthly fathers gladly assert with him in their preaching. Death through Eve, life through Mary, this union of the mother with the son in the, is the work, in the work of salvation is made manifest from the time of Christ's virginal conception up to his death. She cooperated in the work of the Savior in an altogether singular way to restore supernatural life to souls. I'm not going to read any more of that junk, okay? I'm not, I'm not going to read any more because uh, it's quite clear that the Catholic Church is wrong. Now, I've made mention once before that we used to go into a, 
a particular place and have a service every Sunday at 2 p.m. Not, not here, Leesburg. We would go in there every Sunday and we would have a church service. And as uh, we would have that church service, uh, it just happened that the Catholic priest came in there. Occasionally his brother would come in. You say, why did they come in there and listen to you? Well, they didn't listen very long, but they came in. This man's mother was a member, was a, a resident of that place. And I would preach to the people there, comfort preaching, exhorting preaching, and helping them to understand that they needed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. These people needed to be saved. Some of them were already saved. But this, this Catholic priest, after he came a few times, he heard the word of God because I preached it. After he came a few times, he told the lady who was in charge of the place there that he did not want his mother brought down there any longer. Keep her out of there. Don't take her back down there anymore. Say, so how did you find out about that? Well, the lady who ran the place came and told me. I said, what are you going to do? She said, I'm going to keep bringing her down. I'm going to keep bringing her there so that she can hear the word of God. We saw that lady one other time, well, more than once, but the last time we saw her, she was lying on her deathbed in a place of, that we prayed for her again and prayed that God would save her soul. W.E.H. Lecky, a historian, says this about the Catholics, that the Church of Rome has shed more innocent blood than any other institution that has ever existed among mankind will be questioned by no Protestant who has a competent knowledge of history. The memorials, indeed, of many of her persecutions are now so scanty that it is impossible to form a complete conception of the multitude of her victims, and it is quite certain that no power of imagination can adequately realize their sufferings. History of the Rise and Influence of the Spirit of Rationalism in Europe, Volume 2, page 32, London, Longman's Green and Company, 1910. That's history, folks. That's a man who wrote history. Here's a warning. Here's a warning for those who are members of the devil's church tonight. Proverbs 13, 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Well, what is a fool? Who is a fool? The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. That is the fool tonight. Well, who is Mystery Babylon the Great? I believe that Mystery Babylon the Great is here now to an extent, but it will be even greater during the first half of the tribulation period. During that time, I believe it's going to be a conglomeration, if I can use that term. It is not only going to be the Catholic Church, it's going to be everything that is ungodly calling themselves God's Church. And folks, it's here today. And we need to be taking a stand against those who do not take a stand for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, Mystery Babylon will be destroyed. The false prophet, of course, will be the pastor of the religious system during the first half of the tribulation. And let me emphasize to you that I believe the Babylon of Revelation chapter 17 is a religious system. And Babylon of chapter 18 is a commercial system. And they will coexist for the first half of the seven-year tribulation. Revelation 17, 12, and the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. 
Revelation 17, 16 and 17, and the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree and to give their kingdom unto the beast, and until the words of God shall be fulfilled. At midpoint of the tribulation, the ten kings of Revelation chapter 17, verse 16, will not tolerate coexistence of commercial Babylon and the ecclesiastical Babylon any longer. Well, what's going to happen? Here's what takes place. Worship takes on a whole new look at the middle of the tribulation. The church becomes the church of the beast. The beast takes over. Revelation 13, verses 4 through 8. And they worship the dragon which gave power unto the beast, and they worship the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. That doesn't mean he destroys all people who are saved during tribulation. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now, folks, you and I tonight, as saved people, need to be taking a stand for our Lord. Amen. He does not force us to do that. He asks us to do it. Could we do any less for the one who gave his life for us, who died on the cross of Calvary, who said after he had hung there, for some time suffering he said it is finished the Bible says he gave up the ghost that means his physical human body died they took him down and they placed him in a borrowed tomb I think back as Nicodemus came to Christ he said what must I do what must I do in other words to go to heaven Jesus said you must be born again I believe Nicodemus was a saved man because he and Joseph of Arimathea claimed the body of Christ and took his body and placed him in that tomb after Christ had died. They placed it. I believe Nicodemus was a saved man. And you can be saved tonight if you never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You need to call upon him tonight and say, Oh, Lord, please forgive me of my sin. Lord, I know I can't save myself. Lord, I've changed my mind about how to get to heaven. You're the one. You're the only one that can take me there. Folks, that's repentance of acknowledging the fact that you can't save yourself, that you've changed your mind about God, about Jesus Christ. You're not going to go your way any longer. You're wanting to go God's way. You're giving yourself to him. And by doing that, you receive eternal life. For by grace are you saved through faith of that, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There's nothing we can do to get ourselves there. It's God. It's Jesus Christ who takes us there by trusting him as Lord and Savior. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That means confess to Jesus Christ. Let him know your heart. Let him come into your heart. Whosoever shall call 
upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's a bad thing. It's going to be a terrible thing to, to go into the tribulation without Jesus Christ. But do you know, you could drop off into hell tonight without Jesus Christ as Savior. That will be worse than any tribulation that a person could go into. Hell is never ending. The lake of fire is never ending. So if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you need to do that tonight. Not because of me, not because of this preacher over here, uh, not because of mom and dad, not because of, of uh, anything but Jesus Christ. You need to trust him tonight as your Lord and Savior because he says, come. All that will come unto me, he says, I will in no wise cast out. Jesus loves you tonight. He loves me. And fellow saved people, we need to show our love to the Lord more every day because he's allowed us to live these years to be able to serve him and to do his will. Would you bow with me for prayer?